Our next programme is called My Soul Delights with Eileen O'Driscoll and Joyce and Joy. In My Soul Delights, we are exploring the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. Where does this concept, wording and imagery of delighting come from? Within scripture, we find that there are many references to this imagery and beautiful concept of delighting. It pertains to the ultimate truth of our Christian faith, and that is that God delights in each one of us. Our very existence pertains to this truth, that God delights in us. To delight in another person is to rejoice in their very presence. And so we can say with God that he rejoices in our very presence, he who is the creator of all things. The more we let this fundamental truth settle deep within our souls, the more we become transformed into living grace-filled lives, motivated by love, and in return to rejoice in our loving Father. In this episode of My Soul Delights, we will be talking about surrender and the very important spiritual value of this act of surrender in our lives of faith. So just before we begin, we will start with a prayer followed by a short reflection. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. St. Padre Pio. Pray for us. And St. Clare of Assisi. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, we're delighted to be chatting in this episode about the very interesting theme of surrender. And of course, surrender is a word I would say we're very familiar with in the spiritual life and um, aware of maybe what surrender entails. But in this episode, we hope to go even deeper into what is surrender, what does it involve, and how does it transform our spiritual lives? And also, we're going to include and refer to a novena of surrender, which we would like to share a little background to as well. And just before that, I would like to read to you a short reflection, uh, which pertains to this idea of surrender. Uh, the reflection comes from the lyrics of a song called I Am by Jill Phillips. O oh, gently lay your head upon my chest, and I will comfort you like a mother while you rest. 
The tide can change so fast, but I will stay. The same true past, the same in future, same today. O weary, tired, and worn, let out your sighs, and drop that heavy load you hold, because mine is light. I know you true and true, there's no need to hide. I want to show you love that is deep and high and wide. For I am constant, I am near. I am peace that shatters all your secret fears. I am holy, I am wise. I'm the only one who knows your heart's desires. Oh, gently lay your head upon my chest, and I will comfort you like a mother while you rest. So, surrender. Joy, maybe you will enlighten us just to begin this episode on your thoughts on surrender. Thank you, Eileen, and thanks to all our listeners for tuning in and for their continuous support for this My Soul Delights. So what a beautiful name and what a beautiful reflection there to begin this episode. And thanks for the opportunity and surrender. Um, it sounds often sounds like a very simple task, but then it's one of the most difficult tasks to surrender completely. And, and surrender to me is 100%. Uh, surrender or our efforts to make that 100% surrender uh, to God, which is basically 100% trust in God. And when we surrender everything to Him, then we know God will help us. He will guide us and He will lead us in that righteous path through His wisdom, through the help of the Holy Spirit, you know. Absolutely. It's so true because in surrendering, that word trust, as you mentioned, uh, definitely comes to mind and in one way might be a good way to try and understand what surrender is because it is crucial to trust. And when we trust someone, like we know, like in a trust fall, <laughs> leaning back against someone else, um, it requires a dimension of surrender, of letting things go to God, would you say? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's uh, the key thing to know, the importance is to let go and then to give it over to God completely. Because we see that's highlighted even in the scriptures in Job 22, verse 21. Uh, Submit to God and you will have peace. Then things will go well for you. Therefore, when we surrender to God and to His plans, we become more flexible and God can use us for His greater purposes, which we saw in Job's case, because Job was tested to the core, to the extreme ends, except to death. And then God restores everything. When Job trusted in God's plan, he trusted in divine providence and he completely surrendered to God, which we see again in Jesus, and we'll reflect more on that later on, further down during the show. And that to me is the importance of surrender, is not partially surrendering and partially trying to uh, do things in our way, because when we surrender, we know we can't control everything. 
in this world. And even with the pandemic, we know this. With We have the technology to go outside the space and do research in space, but we haven't got the medicine for this pandemic. So we know, we accept, we don't have uh, capacity to invent everything. At the same time, when we realize our limitation, then we need to surrender to God completely. We see then how God works. We allow God to step in to the situation. He heals and he transforms the whole thing and all areas of our life. So it's very important to surrender completely. Definitely. And I like the words you use there as well about being flexible because... Of course, the more flexible we are, you know, in spiritual terms, maybe one of the words we might use is called docile, like a docility to the Holy Spirit, whereby we are openly disposed to him, that he can use us as he wishes, uh, that he can transform any situation as he wishes. And also it takes away, I suppose, the many like, you know, the knots we can have inside sometimes or the knots in exterior situations that can sometimes um, maybe, I suppose, block us or block us from living fully the life that God wants us to live. Whereas when we surrender, we're placing that in his hands, as you said, and like the example of Job as well, uh, because we believe God's love is constant through all those moments. And, you know, an image that comes to mind for myself is like, you know, that image of a gift or a box and uh, we put everything in it, uh, the highs and the lows and and whatever concerns, thoughts uh, that are coming to mind or within our hearts or the people around us that we care for or maybe tricky situations. Just, you know, if there's an image in our mind, placing those into that uh, box and giving that into the hands of God, you know, and wrapping it as a gift because that's what God wants. You know, when we surrender to him, uh, that's a gift to him. That's, in a sense, honoring him, saying, Lord, I believe you are the greatest of all. You are the name above all names. And I trust in you that you can handle this because you are such a great God and uh, so infinitely good. So we actually honor God when we surrender to him. <laughs> uh, what would be your thoughts there, Joy? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. So we, that's why we saw the importance of surrendering. And then we do see now with your reflection that when we surrender, we honor God. So so once we understand the need for surrender, then obviously we will surrender. And then we see then how to surrender. Uh, so key, key things, you know, like we realize from Job's example, as well as various uh, destructions and uh, things around the catastrophes around the world we do realize from time to time mankind have always realized that there is a power beyond our capacity which restores things which helps us from time to time in general sense as well and for us we have a name for that god and god revealed his name to moses i am who i am and rightly so you have this beautiful uh, reflection to begin this episode with a theme i am and then we see then how to surrender and from Job's life, we understood the limitations. So as we all know, scripture highlights one example so that we can always learn from that for generations. And as we know, we all have different kinds of limitations. So that emphasizes the need to surrender. And then what do we surrender? 
we have to surrender everything in life. Our plans, our dreams, our work, our family, every situation and circumstance, everything requires surrendering because Jesus himself led with example. He gave us a beautiful example in Luke 22:42, when he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. So, so this emphasizes the need again that maybe we have dreams and plans and things to accomplish. Yet when we surrender, we are also bringing in the divine intervention and protection that not my will, Lord, but if this is in accordance with your will, then let it happen. So we see then Job's entire life again. And then when he trusted God, when he surrendered completely to God, uh, the life was restored. And we see also this in Proverbs 16.3. It highlights, surrender your work to the Lord and your plans will succeed. It's a beautiful piece which always evergreen memory uh, in my mind and for many believers as well. Surrender your work to the Lord and your plans will succeed. When we don't surrender it to God, the divine peace will be missing and it's just the human efforts, then the plans won't succeed. Even the best of the plans, it won't succeed. So we see this from Jesus' life, Job's life. So then we have a beautiful prayer which is emerging right here out of this. Dear Lord, these are my plans. Please fulfill it only if it is in accordance with your will. Simple prayer. And we can replace this in different countries, different settings. But a simple prayer like that. Dear Lord, these are my plans. Please fulfill it only if it is in accordance with your will. Small reflection there. That is lovely, absolutely. Because God has our best intentions at heart. Uh, no one desires more good for us than God himself does. Um, so in actually making that act of surrender, though, it can be hard because we don't always want to let go and we do want a certain level of control, which I suppose is human nature that we tend to think ahead of things, think ahead of situations and read our own reasoning and thoughts into those situations. Maybe things which may never even transpire, but it can sometimes be I suppose one of the inclinations of our human nature also overthinking or, or trying to take control of something um, whereby maybe that isn't the right action at that particular time. So in actually going against the grain and surrendering that situation to God, um, we're also trusting that he has our good at his heart, you know, and um like you said there, I think that's so important because then God's wisdom can work and we can be guided by God's wisdom how we should act and when. Um, it's not something that prevents us from acting or it's not an excuse to sit back and never do anything because that, that is absolutely not what surrender is. But it's letting ourselves be guided by the Holy Spirit, by God's wisdom. And as you mentioned earlier, Joy, that idea of flexibility that now we're open to be um, moved by the spirit in a situation uh, maybe rather than acting in ways which often we ourselves can end up complicating situations uh, so I think that's a that's a lovely way to start and to open up <laughs> the topic of yes. surrender um, so
So now the very act of surrendering and a prayer for surrender. So maybe you are familiar, but there is a novena of surrender, which myself and Joy uh, have here. And this novena of surrender um, is attributed to a priest called Father Dolendo Rotolo, uh, who was an Italian priest. And maybe just to share a little background uh, to this priest who called himself Mary's little old man. So, <laughs> Father Dolendo, uh, he was born in Italy and Naples in 1882, and he was ordained at the young age of 23. He was a man who worked very much uh, tirelessly out of love for his faith and for the whole mission of the church. He was certainly a man who was moved by the Holy Spirit. He was filled with passion and uh, open to the facility of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the truth in all its capacity in any way possible, especially to those who had felt disheartened or who had lost their way in life. He was also um, a very prolific writer in the sense that he has been known to have written a theological and psychological commentary on all the Holy Scripture, which is made up of 33 volumes. And he also wrote many notes on spirituality as well and a meditation on the Holy Rosary. However, in his own life, he did really suffer a lot. Um but in spite of his own personal sufferings, his main endeavor was then to accompany those who were suffering. And I suppose maybe for society today, his life was somewhat maybe could be described as austere in the sense it was quite a rigorous lifestyle, a lot of self-discipline, very simple. And he very much embraced poverty as well. Um, he, I suppose, in a way, didn't have many of the luxuries that we like to surround ourselves with today or comforts. Uh, but through all of this, uh, I suppose, he emptied himself out in order to be filled entirely with God. And his life certainly reflected that. And it said that the Novena of Surrender, some of the words you find in this Novena, uh, were inspired by his own faith in Jesus or revealed to him by Jesus as well. And there is also a story that Father Dolento knew St. Padre Pio. And it is recorded uh, that apparently St. Padre Pio described him as a saint and said that the whole of paradise was in his soul. <laughs> there is also a story of, uh, yeah, prophecy <laughs> that uh, he wrote to a bishop called Bishop Holika in 1965, saying that a new John will rise out of Poland with heroic steps to break the chains beyond the boundaries imposed by the communist tyranny. And of course, this was later to be St. Pope John Paul II. Uh, so that's just a few words about um the Italian priest behind this novena of surrender and Father Dolendo lived until the year 1970 so quite recent in terms of our whole history of uh, you know uh, religious figures and, and prayers and everything uh, but yeah Joy maybe over to you you may like to just share with us the words from day one of the novena of course, a novena consists of nine days. 
Uh, but we might just share some words and snippets with you from it. But just to begin, uh, we will share day one with you now. Sure. Thank you for the beautiful piece and reflection about Father Tolindo's life and the way he suffered. Though he suffered a lot personally, uh, he never gave up. And we see then how he came up with this beautiful devotion at the Surrender Novena. So from his personal experience as well, we see uh, again his close association with Saint Padre Pio. Um, they all would have surrendered completely to God's will and the way uh, they produce fruits to all those people around them and even beyond their life, even today, we pray to these uh, martyrs and saints. And uh, a beautiful piece by St. Padre Pio was when he highlighted the whole paradise was in Father Dolindo's soul. I'm just thinking, and I was in awe when he just read that line, uh, the whole paradise was in a person's soul. How will that soul be? Uh, mm. You know, we heard about the paradise in the scriptures, about the place where milk and honey will be flowing and always joyful and there is no crying, there is no evil. So a place like that, a soul has to experience that when, when the soul is here on earth, when the soul experiences that. What an experience that was for Father Dolindo and for St. Padre Pio to see that and to say this uh, with conviction. You know, so that's a beautiful piece, I thought, from today's reflection. And uh, the Surrender Novena captures on day one the following words and a few thoughts for us. Why do you confuse yourselves by worrying? Leave the care of your affairs to me, and everything will be peaceful. I say to you in truth that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations. And we say, O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. So that's from day one, uh, which reminds me of Holy Family and the way they surrendered completely to God's will. To fulfill God's will and plans, they were fully available. Our Lady said yes for God's plan. St. Joseph said yes for God's plan. And then the Holy Family was guided continuously uh, to go to Egypt and to come back to Jerusalem and then to journey along with Jesus until he started his public ministry. So we see the importance of surrendering and the way they surrendered. There is no partial measures, fully surrendering. And that complete 100% surrendering produces results and we saw that in the Holy Family and we saw that in the Apostles' life and the way every time when they surrendered, they produced results. And we saw that in Wedding Feast at Cana, a beautiful example when Our Lady said, the workers, you know, do whatever he tells you. She didn't say, you know, please try your options and then see a few options given by Jesus and then see what works. She said, do whatever he tells you. There is a perfect example of complete surrender, total surrender to Jesus. And then when they uh, followed what Jesus said, ultimately a miracle happens, which is an example that a miracle will take place even in our lives. When we completely surrender, though it's not easy, though it's difficult, though there are a lot of barriers, we have to overcome all of that. 
with the grace of God through our prayers. That prayer will sustain us and then ultimately we see a miracle in life. No? 100%. Yeah, it's a lovely way of looking at it. And um, I especially love those words of day one where it says, leave the care of your affairs to me and everything will be peaceful. I say to you in truth that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations. I mean, what a beautiful promise that is. I mean, immediately reading that, that brings me comfort, you know, because we can all bring to mind things right now that we know within our own lives or whatever situation it might be that maybe need to be resolved or that we need uh, to be enlightened about maybe what's the right way to proceed what what are we to do in the future um so immediately those words bring such comfort on a personal level because it realizes that i suppose our relationship with god is not abstract it's it's not a relationship with someone who is far away from us and intervenes every so often when we call on him uh, that's not what God wants at all. In fact, he wants us to realize that we can be with him every single day and that he is with us every single day and every moment that he loves us, he wills us, he wants us and that he's that best friend. But even more than that, he is the one who loves us. Uh, he's our savior who accompanies us every day to um fulfill all that needs to be fulfilled to help us get done all that needs to be done and to love in the way that he desires um and i suppose then you know just thinking upon those words um you know i suppose one of the greatest gifts then that we receive from surrender is that interior peace uh, you know, it's it's a way of surrender that allows us to proceed with peace in whatever way we feel that we need to proceed. If we have to act with courage in a particular situation, um, speak with truth or uh, witness to our faith um, or just in making a decision, you know, in making the right decision, that can often be a cause for confusion or you know worry for different people when we have to make decisions and uh, so surrender allows us then to proceed with peace uh, so rather than it stopping us from acting which surrender is not um, we actually can proceed with peace then when we do surrender because we're I suppose not giving in to worry or feelings of being overwhelmed by a situation but it helps us to, I suppose, see with God's eyes, you know, and trust that God has the full picture in mind as well. And then we can be guided by his wisdom um, in whatever way that we feel God is calling us to proceed as well. Um, so, Joy, maybe you might have some thoughts on that uh, gift of peace, maybe that surrender brings us from from your own personal reflection. Sure, indeed. Thank you for that lovely reflection there. There is a lot to ponder and there is a lot to meditate upon because every day life presents a new situation. Uh, the, the world is not the same. Every day there is a new scenario. There is a new difficulty and we overcome all of that. And especially people of faith, people of God, we have a wonderful uh, opportunity because we have a God 
who is not a distant God, as you mentioned in your reflection. He is always here with us, who sustains us, who carries us in his path. And when Jesus promised to apostles, he said, my peace I give to you. And it's not like the peace of this world. You know, the peace of Jesus, it heals. It gives that comfort that he is with us and he will be with us until the end of life for each person and then for the world. And then we see then why uh, ultimately when we surrender, we derive that peace because when we surrender, God is in charge and he takes control of the situation. And then we know when he steps in, he will accomplish. And we saw this in the life of Jesus all through wherever he had an encounter with a person. He brings that person out of the situation. He brings that person and heals that person. Therefore, worry transforms into peace. That's the peace Jesus gives. It's a permanent peace. It's a sure shot. And that will be my reflection from my personal take, Eileen. That's great. Thank you, Joy. And it might be a nice yeah. moment again just to reiterate again that line, Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Please take care of everything. Everything. And that is a line that we can pray every day, absolutely every day, and in any situation as well with great trust and uh, surrender to God. So now to look at some of the things that may block us from surrender. So during this episode, we've been chatting about surrender and uncovered what is surrender and maybe how to surrender. And now we would like to look at what are the things that sometimes block us from surrendering. And um, I would like to share with you a few words from Pope Francis, uh, which he shared on the Feast of Corpus Christi. And um, he was speaking about the Eucharist and how the Eucharist has that uh, capacity to heal our memories because First and foremost, he says the Eucharist is a memorial of love, a living memorial of love. And he said, then there are three aspects of our weakened memory that the Eucharist heals. And when I was looking at this, I was thinking, you know, this relates very well to things that can actually block us from surrendering, uh, particularly past wounds or hurts, uh, you know, rejections or uh, maybe in times when people haven't been faithful to us or we have let others down. Um, so it's very easy sometimes for us to project those images upon God or in past experiences, you know, when we refer to God as a loving father, God who is uh, the most loving of all. But if we have not experienced that level of loyalty or love in our own lives, that can sometimes... Um, I suppose, put a little barrier there, uh, maybe makes us fearful of giving all over to God or to another person, uh, can make us maybe guarded and um, it can make it very difficult because some wounds can be very, uh, can run very, very deep. So uh, healing is incredibly important and uh, to be able to, to let go and surrender that into the arms of our, our loving God. So I just thought this um, reflection from Pope Francis captured very nicely 
uh, he describes three aspects of our weakened memory that the Eucharist heals. Um, so the first one he calls as our orphaned memory. And he says orphaned memory pertains to our own disappointments, maybe sense of being left aside, uh, lack of affection. The second one he describes as negative memory, which focuses on our own problems, our own sins and errors. And he says the Eucharist immunizes us against sadness. And he says in a lovely analogy, I think, because <laughs> uh, I love analogies personally. So <laughs> he yes. describes uh, the Eucharist as having um, the antibodies to our negative memory. He says it contains the antibodies to our negative memory. I think that's a beautiful piece, actually, because uh, that's something, you know, we, we can relate to a medicine as something that heals us of an ailment. So here it is, that beautiful analogy and reality of the Eucharist healing us from whatever particular wound we may be carrying within us. And he said that then transforms us into bearers of joy. And the third uh, aspect of memory, he says, the Eucharist heals us from as well, it's closed memory. Closed memory is when we become somewhat guarded or suspicious of others, uh, again, due to past experiences, um, hurtful memories and, and sorrowful memories. So he says the Eucharist breaks down all these interior walls and certainly these interior walls have to come down to, I suppose, enable us to surrender to God because God wants walls, wounds, warts and all, you know, he takes he takes every dimension and aspect of the human person. And I suppose sometimes maybe in our own uh, humanity and maybe in our own friendships, relationships, whatever it is, we often don't reveal the more vulnerable sides of ourselves. We don't like revealing our wounds or our hurts or weaknesses or sins um, because often people don't always accept, you know, each other for for all those things or for who they really are. And and it can make us somewhat guarded. You know, it, it's very close friends that we can actually be fully ourselves with, fully honest with, uh, fully comfortable with and um you know, so sometimes it's easy to project that image then upon God. Uh, but God is so great. I mean, he, he takes absolutely everything that we are into his heart. Um, he absolutely loves us and his mercy runs so deep. And uh, I remember seeing a lovely quote one time in a book by Father Michael Gately. And it's a book about merciful love. And it said, that God's merciful love is like water. It rushes down to the lowest places. And I just thought that was a lovely description because uh, God reaches down to raise us up, you know, ultimately. Yes. So, um, so Joy, maybe you have some thoughts on that there as well. Yes, indeed, as the famous quote goes, you know, heaven came down to earth to bring earth back to heaven. That's mm. the whole purpose of Jesus' visit. And we saw... Um, it resulted in salvation for the whole world. It's a beautiful reflection there uh, by Pope Francis, as rightly highlighted by you, uh, for the Corpus Christi reflection. It, the Eucharist heals the memories and all memories, all kinds of memories. And as you rightly highlighted in your uh, initial reflection, 
you know, sometimes what blocks is possibly the thinking and the overthinking and the past wounds and memories. But here, Pope Francis, as a good shepherd, nicely giving us a, a recommendation that the Eucharist can heal all those memories. Because Jesus in the Eucharist can reach out and he can touch and heal all areas of our soul and all areas in our life. And I remember once when St. Teresa of Calcutta, when she went to America, she was continuously on a journey, on tour, and they were surprised to see the level of energy she has. And they asked her, what is the secret of your energy? Without thinking, you know, immediately she said, Jesus in the Eucharist. And that's the power of Jesus in the Eucharist. Uh, he was there uh, as a physical human being 2,000 years ago, but he is here with us even today in the Eucharist. And likewise, we see then um, the various situation in our life can bring in different kinds of experience and it may leave some happy memories, uh, sometimes wounds, and it's not the same pleasant day every day. But then we see then the ultimate place and one source where we can always reach out and who receives us. With that little infant baby in the, in the crib, with two hands wide open, it is Jesus. And we have a constant uh, intercession from our Blessed Mother, who is constantly interceding for this world, and who is the custodian of infant Jesus. We can have this image of the Holy Family, the two hands wide open. He is always ready and willing when we take that first step and to go there. He heals, and he heals our mind, memory, heart, and the soul. And we saw that then with the apostles when Jesus left this world. Apostles, obviously, it was a tough time for them because they received the Holy Spirit and they can perform miracles and all of that. But then Jesus was not there with them as a physical human being in a physical setting. But then, we know this from tradition, Apostles continued their prayer life and they celebrated the Eucharist around the table. That's how Jesus was with them. And obviously they wanted that to heal their memory because they saw, you know, they witnessed what happened to Jesus. His crucifixion, you know, resurrection, ascension. It's not a simple memory. It is God who came down, who stayed with you, and then who had a meal with you. And then... When Jesus was taken away, it would have been very heartbreaking experience. So the prayer life and the Eucharistic celebration sustained the apostles and it enabled them to go on mission to ends of earth. So we see how the Eucharist can heal the memories and the wounds and it can restore hope. You know? mm. And uh, even day two captures it nicely. You know, there's a beautiful experience about the surrender novena that when we surrender, why it has to be complete. Because if we surrender and if we try to do and get in the way, it's like uh, little children getting in the way of mother and she can't do the job properly, it seems. So that's a nice reflection from day two. So ultimately, it emphasizes do not lose hope, total surrender, and God can heal and he will heal indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, a lovely reflection and nice examples there too coming from scripture like the apostles, Our Lady, 
and uh, you know relating too to their experiences. So of course we have what maybe two thousand years of a of a time gap, but yet like their experiences can be so relevant to us today as well. You know, like it's it's very real, and um, we see how God uses those events, uh, those experiences, and I suppose feelings of like the apostles and many of the um, writers and the gospels, you know, to to help us see that often what we experience isn't isolated, that we're not on our own with these feelings or worries or whatever it might be, but that what is constant is that God always steps in and intervenes. So uh, there's certainly a great comfort and a peace, I think, that comes with that as well. So maybe next then... (laughs) We might just move on to how surrender transforms us. Now, we're mentioning this novena of surrender, which uh, I would definitely uh, recommend to pray and uh, whatever particular situation uh, comes to mind um, to bring that to Jesus. And of course, um, before I forget, the novena of surrender is available online if you look it up under that title, Novena of Surrender by Father Dolendo. I'm pretty sure it's on the Catholic Exchange website. It may also be found under EWTN, um, but you will definitely find it online as well in the words of the surrender. Um, but one of the promises Jesus makes, and this is a line which I really must say I love within um, this novena of surrender, and it particularly struck me when I was reading it, was that uh, the words of Jesus where he says, I will take care of things. I promise this to you. I think it is just so direct and concise and uh, it gets to the heart of things that Jesus is saying, you can trust me, I will take care of things. So when we do trust him and we surrender, what happens? So there's a lovely line of St. Augustine actually um, and he's referring to marriage when he's uh, speaking of this, but uh, he described marriage as an attachment of hearts. And when I came across this line, I thought, well, wow, you know, we can actually, in another sense, because we often speak of our union with God, which is the ultimate marriage in, in heaven. And um, I was thinking, well, you know, our whole relationship with God can be transformed into this attachment of hearts as well. Um, What a beautiful image it is really from St. Augustine because ultimately I think that's the whole purpose is that we're not waiting just until we reach eternal life to be united with God. Uh, That union can be started here already on earth throughout our life. And we can attach our heart to his. I mean, what a beautiful gift. I don't think um, there could be anything greater, really, in this life or to be able to describe uh, or understand within ourselves a relationship with God, which involves an attachment of hearts. And I think that's definitely one of the fruits of surrender, because in surrendering, we realize that we can only really be fulfilled by God. And no matter what our mission or vocation may be, uh, whatever our occupation or work, while we can be fulfilled maybe partially by those things, 
they weren't created alone to fulfill us. We may have been created in a particular time and space to fulfill that particular mission or that particular work. But ultimately, true that we are only fulfilled by God alone. And um, if we, I suppose, seek that fulfillment in these more um, earthly things and often very good and worthy, noble projects. But if we seek our fulfillment only in that work, uh, maybe putting a weight upon them which they cannot hold, uh, we'll be feeling left dissatisfied and uh, you know, we're kind of left digging all the time for more. Uh, but ultimately, what God reveals to us in surrender is that God is the one who fulfills us completely. And the work, the mission, the callings, our vocation that he gives us in this life are all ways and means by which uh, we come to know him deeper and through which we are united with him who fulfills us. Uh, so I suppose that's something that's very important because we can have so many attachments in our lives and distractions and maybe now more than ever in a way. So we want the soul attachment to be God, you know. Um, and it's something I've realized myself. I mean, even with social media, for example, it's so easy to get caught up in that world and um, to be distracted and, uh, you know, be kind of, I suppose, consumed by noise in a way. And at the time, we may not realize it, you know, because it becomes something that seems so normal. But um, it can be something that distracts us. So there can be seasons of our life, maybe where we surrender to God that we might be called to phase certain things out of our life for a while, um, maybe to give up something for a while just so that we can truly see what are our attachments and is my first and foremost attachment to God. And um, I certainly think that surrender is something that helps us to to see that, that attachment of heart. So maybe, Jai, you might have some thoughts on that. Yes, indeed. Uh, very beautiful and inspiring words there. And uh, Jesus promised that in day seven of this novena, um, those words um, you mentioned nicely about, I will take care of things and I promise this to you. Uh, he also highlighted in day seven that I perform miracles in proportion to your full surrender to me and you're not thinking of yourselves. Uh, so it's a beautiful invitation from Jesus always. Um, that first invitation was to Our Lady, and we saw how she was completely united, and she is still completely united with the heart of Jesus and the way that draws us to the Sacred Heart. And then similarly, he's inviting each one of us that all those who are tired, please come and rest. So that's the promise he gave again through scriptures. And we see this promise again through St. Mary Margaret Alacook and St. Faustina and various saints throughout their life and the way Jesus drew them and the way they surrendered completely and ultimately transforming the soul to reach its destination, which is our eternal home. And we also see how then I perform miracles in proportion to your full surrender. Um, we saw that in St. John Paul's life, he was completely uh, dedicated and he surrendered totally to the will of God and through the intercession of our Blessed Mother through his famous motto totus tuus to Jesus through Mary uh, totally thine and we saw then what happened JP2 came and he ultimately 
brought the face of Christ to the whole world. And again, we see this similar thing in St. Anthony's life. Even fish came and heard the sermons of St. Anthony, one of the best miracles recorded. Even fish came and heard the sermons of St. Anthony. So Jesus performs miracles in proportion to our full surrender. So these are saints who walked ahead of us, but they surrendered completely. And the degree to which they completely surrendered, uh, we see the results then. You know, some emerged as evergreen saints. We can still see them and uncorrupted bodies. And some performed miracles even when they were alive. And some, they are still performing and healing people even after their death. So this is the beauty of our faith. You know, therefore the soul delights. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank so you, we really do hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of My Soul Delights and uh, this topic of surrender. And again, you will be able to find the Novena of Surrender if you wish online just by Googling the Novena of Surrender by Father Dolendo. So God bless you all. And we look forward to sharing with you again soon another episode of My Soul Delights. God Thank bless. You. God bless.